Well, howdy, and welcome to The Outer Frame, the show where we talk about, break down, discuss, and otherwise analyze the films that don't get talked about enough. On today's episode, we will be throwing down some trailer trash talk, running down some movie news, and discussing the 2015 debut from S. Craig Zoller, Bone Tomahawk. But first, let me introduce the person most likely to replace his voice with a monster noise, Donnie Nelson. That's my monster noise. I'm sure I just blew up my speaker. (laughs) That's pretty accurate, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, in comparison to the movie. And howdy to you, Jason. How are you doing (laughs) on this fine day, partner? I am splendid, partner. How, uh... How how's your how's your neck hole with where your screen comes out of, partner? I keep it clean. Have you have you gotten lots of jewelry jammed in there? <laughs> no. <laughs> Although every once in a while I have to do the voice. That's a good Yes, time. well. <laughs> South Park jokes are the best. I say the that with the best kind of jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, we should say that we were going to have Riley on, but Riley will be absent on this episode. Yes, but she did send me her review of the film, so I'm going to read it at some point, but not right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I don't want to. Donnie, How what is the worst thing that you have seen this week? The worst thing I have seen this week, and I'm sorry to say, I think this will be the last time I will ever voluntarily want to watch the very first Resident Evil film, because I watched that, (laughs) and I realized that there's only, the first 30 minutes of that film is the only good part of it, because it's all the build-up to them releasing the zombies, and Mm -hmm. then it's done. Like... There's nothing suspenseful about the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much, there's maybe like one or two good scenes later in the movie, but honestly, like that first thirty minutes is like legit okay. But that's also because like they were taking their time, and it really like does not feel like a rated R film, even though it's a rated R film. Like Paul W S Anderson just has a way of making his films feel like pg-13 even if they're rated r like he can't not make a pg-13 film which is bad yeah that's that's pretty pretty accurate i like, feel like even most death of his... race was death race rated r i think that was oh yeah okay still feels death like a race. pg-13 movie <laughs> oh yeah no all of his movies are uh are pg-13 movies that have just been given a, a coat of blood and uh profanity mm-hmm yeah, to, to bring bring them up to R, but I feel like that's done on purpose because I mean, for the most part, that's that's his audience. Like, there's no, there's there's not a strong, you know, clamoring of of adults that are are dying for the next tall, next uh, a Paul W S Anderson film. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know there are, and I I I, I know that it's a very strong community of angry single men shut up jason who are who are suffering from uh mad depression Man. um 
No, I, I, I mean, I, I was, I really enjoyed uh, the first Death Race. I refuse to watch any other ones because I'm sure that uh, they will ruin my enjoyment for the first one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not so not great. But that is the worst thing I watched I, this week. I will not the, be going back to it. The only thing that I wanted to throw about the first Resident Evil, the only thing that I remember about that movie is the uh the the laser. Yep, that's that's like trap. the end of the 30 minutes. Like that's when yeah. they because they it's the laser room which uh Colin Salmon I think is uh, Salmon, but that, I mean that's his last name, so you know, it's he's not a fish. But like that guy has like But he could be. <laughs> I don't know for sure. But like he uh he just has a way like his voice is really good. Like he was even in Layer Cake, um, you know, a movie that I watched last week and talked about last week, and he's like such a good actor. Like, but there's not a lot of films that I actually want to watch that have him in it. <laughs> so, anytime that I get to watch a movie that I want to watch, mm-hmm. and like, and Colin Salmon's and, and he's in, it. in it, then I'm I, I actually get excited, and I think <laughs> maybe that's why I stopped watching because like. That was all I needed from it. And then, spoilers, his character dies in Laser Room in a very um, CGI fashion. Yeah. Yeah. And and then it's like, oh, okay, so essentially the lead character in this film is done. I mean, at least he got to... At least he got to be in arguably the the most fun scene in the movie. Mm -hmm. They replicated it in uh, the video game. And then they kept on, uh, like, going back to that laser room in, like, every other Resident Evil movie, <laughs> which is terrible. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Is it in Nemesis? Because, well, I guess I don't remember a lot of Nemesis because I hated it so okay, much. Okay, so it's not in, it's in, it's in the first one, that's where it starts. It's not in mm-hmm. the second one, it's in the third one. And the mm-hmm. the desert the like Mad Max one. Yep that that um, that one I I enjoyed and then I quit watching them because I just felt like I would not enjoy another Resident, Resident Evil League. movie as much as I enjoyed the uh, third one. You're correct. So what's the point? <laughs> what is the point? Um, I also and then don't want to go. One other one that it, it shows up in like later on down the line. I also don't want to go back and rewatch the third one because I'm worried that I won't like it. <laughs> probably won't. So, uh, okay. Well, I'm excited to tell you what I watched this week because uh, f- for anybody who follows us on Facebook, I posted a question about Vin Diesel and whether or not people actually find him attractive. Because, personally, I think he looks and sounds like a golem. And I also heard, I believe it is... It was Nick Kroll said that he sounds like a person who is constantly gargling warm milk, (laughs) (laughs) which I feel is quite accurate. So, uh, if, if if you have strong opinions on whether or not Vin Diesel is attractive, I would I would love to hear about them. But the movie that I watched this week, and the reason this came up is because I watched Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage. Yikes. Which 
is uh, so fucking stupid <laughs> so many levels i am embarrassed because there there, there was uh, a couple of moments that it genuinely made me laugh um and one of those moments is i don't know if you have you seen it no i haven't okay i don't care so, if you spoil it for me no, no no this isn't a spoiler i was just wondering if you'd seen it so in the opening of the movie uh samuel jackson who i guess is in the other ones i don't remember them at all he's in both um, of them. I, I don't the think two. i don't think uh that that was a franchise that needed to be revisited no but. <laughs> uh but yeah so there's a scene where he is talking to someone um he's like interviewing someone to be in the triple x program and they do this zoom in on Samuel L. Jackson's face and they give a little bio about him. And they, uh, <clears throat> it's, it just lists like three random facts about him. And then it jumps to the person that he's interviewing and the last person, or in the, in the last uh, fact about the person he's interviewing is thinks he's being interviewed for the Avengers initiative, which I thought was genuinely funny. <laughs> so, good. so that, so that made me laugh, but then there's just this, this movie feels so out of place, especially because Vin Diesel's got to be like what in his fifties. And there's a scene, there's there's a scene where uh, it's he has sex with like eight women at the same time. Oh, there's a similar scene that they cut out of um, the the Chronicles of Riddick or out of Riddick. Like mm-hmm. there's a scene that they cut out of that where he's doing the exact same thing. So I wonder if it's like in his contract that he needs to shoot a scene <laughs> like that in like old films now. <laughs> Well, and it's it's so stupid because it's like it's these these eight like beautiful women and they're like hugging and kissing all over him and then it does you know like the montage swipe to like the next day and all the women are just like they're all like laying content naked or in their underwear um, and then they zoom up to him and I I know that his costume from the first movie was like this big furry pimp coat yeah. And so he's wearing that, and he's got, like, a gold chain on. And, and and this is one of the things that pisses me off, because there's nobody in the room with him. It's just him, except for these eight women, and they're all asleep. And he looks around, and then he just, like, goes, the things I do for my... Or, excuse me, the things I do for my country. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, and, uh... It, who's he talking to? <laughs> like... Himself. I know, but like, what if, what if one of those women woke up? Like, I would feel so offended. Jason, think about it. Think about it. Think about every single Vin Diesel movie has context. If you think about (laughs) Vin Diesel being the only person sitting in the theater watching the Vin Diesel movie. (laughs) Well, and then there was a part where he skied down the side of a mountain. That didn't have any fucking snow on it. <laughs> Wait, there's a scene like that in this movie? Yes. When there was that exact scene in his last one? In the first Triple X? I don't know. Was there? there? Was. I don't remember. Yes. I don't remember the first one at all. Ba- I just remember his big stupid coat. 
That's dumb. I, I remember his big stupid coat, and I remember watching it being like, or thinking, why would anyone want to watch this? Vin Diesel, alone, in a movie theater. That's the context. So, so that was the worst thing that I watched this week. And also, I watched a correct. lot of stuff this week. Also, you're correct. He is uh, Mr. Mark Sinclair, his real name. He is age 52, so... Oh, all right. There we go. Okay, uh, so just to keep things moving along, Donnie, what is the best thing that you have seen this week? Well, I love anniversaries. And (laughs) this last week was uh, the 12-year anniversary of one of the greatest films ever made, There Will Be Blood. I wasn't getting sarcastic. Okay. Um, when I said no, you when you... I said one of the best films of all time, because usually when You're I say t- that, <laughs> I preface it with, well, it's usually to me not, yeah, to me. <laughs> but I can I can uh, I can honestly say that like if anybody, I just don't know anybody who can shit on There Will Be Blood. It's like almost a perfect movie to me. And my like, dad thinks it's boring. Masterpieces can be boring. <laughs> it's fine. But, like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's no Battlefield Earth, but... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Their Holy Blood is still, like... And I think it mostly because it lines up with, like, my very nihilistic view of the world. But also, like, it's just, like, a very clear and, like, very dark portrait of a man... That is very much he wants. He says it mm-hmm. himself in the film is that he has a competition in him and he wants no one else to succeed. And so, yep. I mean, I, I don't know if you could like really sum up capitalism in a movie like that, and <laughs> just like how how much greed is the downfall of man, and then also like him and Eli's relationship in that movie played by. The Paul Dano, Mr. Paul Dano, um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's still one of my favorite movies of all time. Maybe it's not something I listen to outside of the fact, but maybe one of my favorite film scores of all time too, because that film score good. is is like it's so haunting, but like it's I don't know. There's just a lot to it. It's like, and it's twelve years. It's been twelve years. I'm old. It's been twelve years since it's been out and that was that might be the best thing i've watched all year i don't think i've found anything <laughs> that I can top that so 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 the yeah no uh, uh there will be blood is great and i've also decided that uh if i ever get the chance to meet uh paul of tompkins i'm going to have him sign my copy or at least uh ask him to and then i'm gonna put it in a frame somewhere <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. put it on display for for the rest of the world. I'm Daniel Plainview. <laughs> Alright, so uh, really quick before we get into some other stuff. The best thing that I saw this week was a film that I has been on my to-watch list. Or to my, to, my, my I bought and to-watch pile for a while. And that is The Magnificent Ambersons. Which I believe was Orson Welles' second film after Citizen Kane. 
and it came out in 1942, um, <clears throat> and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it was a, uh, I, I think he put it that it was supposed to be like an exploration of, um, you know, the idea of, well, the things were different and better back in the good old days. And I, I think one of the things that I really liked and <clears throat> appreciated about that was that, that that seems like such a relevant concept today, um, especially in terms of, you know, how people are viewing uh, social situations and politics and how things, oh, yeah, things are better back in the good old days. And that's what we need to be. We need to move back. <laughs> no more. No more of this moving forward. We got to move back. Um but yeah, that was uh, that was the movie that I watched. I mean, it's great. It's it's an Orson Welles film, and it was it was absolutely uh, amazing. So yeah, I, I I highly recommend if you're able to get your hands on that that you check it out. Uh, beyond <laughs> that, bef- I'm sorry, before before you said that <laughs> out check so, it out. It was like a very so- Dave Coulier uh, reading of that. <laughs> So before we get into some of our other segments, I have been joined by my lovely wife, Caitlin. Hi, everyone. Hi, Donnie. Hey, Caitlin. And uh, she has not seen Bone Tomahawk. However, she has seen some random scenes from Bone Tomahawk while I've watched Bone Tomahawk, and she does not have the context for the scenes that she has seen, and so I thought it would be fun to ask her, um, based on the scenes that you have seen, not including anything that I have said or anything or the discussion that we had last night yeah what what do you think one what do you think the movie is about and two uh did you like what you saw so those are those are my two questions i feel like if you have to ask the question did you like what you saw you already know my answer is gonna be not really (laughs) um also, which parts of the movie did you see? I know that uh, I know that one one of the sections that you got to see that you got to enjoy was uh, when when the character Nick gets sawed in half mm-hmm. when he gets wishboned. <laughs> yep. Yeah, in a cave. Um, I I don't know who any of the characters are okay. or um, necessarily who was playing them at the time that I was witnessing these. I believe there was a scene where a Cowboy. <laughs> uh, All right, accurate. <laughs> really narrowed it down. Um, he like killed one of the, what are their names? The troglodytes. The tro- I'm just gonna call them the trogs. Killed one of them and then like ripped the. Oh, that's Patrick Wilson. Okay, D- that doesn't that doesn't matter. In Mr. O'Dwyer. I'm just telling you, yeah, Mister uh, O'Dwyer. He rips the thing out of their th- out of its throat that they use to make the the scary noise. The s- uh, scary noise. I thought uh-huh. it was. I mean, from memory, I thought it was a bird sound. I don't remember it's what it was. It's just a monster noise. It's just a monster noise. Yeah. Um. So I remember that. Absolutely no context whatsoever. <laughs> 
I had no idea why this man was ripping something out of another person's throat, let alone why he would then put it up to his lips and blow through it, and why it was making some weird non-humanoid noise. To be honest, as someone who has watched the movie, I also have that same question. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly. All right. Cool. Uh, Good to know. I'm, I'm pretty sure that when uh, when when you were watching it I th- or with me, you you asked me if that was his wedding ring. <laughs> Some something along those lines. Oh, like yeah. you, you asked me why he was ripping the thing out of the person's throat, and I said I don't know. And then you said, "Is that his wedding ring?" <laughs> I don't know why I asked that. that I want to know the context really of that funny. question. Um. What else? Did you see the opening of the movie where uh, it, no. just, it just opens on some guy getting his throat cut? I don't even need you to explain <laughs> what happened. I can already tell you no. Um, there's a lot of them in the cave when I believe Patrick Wilson is going to rescue some woman. And then, uh, I don't know. All I remember is that what two three people get murdered in horribly grotesque ways mm. yeah Which, you, you, I mean, you didn't see the whole movie no <laughs> but i mean doesn't that kind of sum up the whole I feel movie? like people feel like getting... that number is a little bit higher uh okay so what do you think the movie's about from from what you saw what what was the movie about <laughs> From putting those pieces together? Yeah, from, yeah. from the few scenes um, that you saw. Well, I mean, obviously Patrick Wilson is trying to go rescue this woman. I don't know. I would I would think that she was his wife because he has, like, the desire to go rescue her. Good. Um, I'm also, I guess, like, assuming that they were probably traveling and crossed onto their like into this land and that's how they got kidnapped kidnapped or that's how she got kidnapped and i have absolutely no idea why kurt russell or richard jenkins are involved who (laughs) (laughs) what about i mean i know who they are as actors but any 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 thoughts on uh on, on matthew fox did you see him any of the parts with him at all who the guy with the mustache who? That's not Kurt Russell. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Who? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. That's that's pretty close to what happens. I mean, uh, I feel like if I had to sum it up, it would be uh, if you are the kind of person that needs to look away during a movie, you won't be watching like any of this movie. <laughs> yeah, watching the uh, watching as as Donnie so eloquently put it, the wishbone scene. <laughs> Uh, with you was really fun because... That I, was fun for you? It was fun for me because I'm pretty sure I heard you say, what are they doing? Are they go? Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds very accurate. So anyway, though, that that's all I had. I just wanted to, to ask you those couple questions. So thank you so much for, for humoring, humoring me. Happy to join. <laughs> Alright, we'll keep moving all right bye caitlin bye caitlin bye okay 
get my headset back on. And we'll keep rolling. Honestly, right. I don't think we have anything more to say. I think Caitlin really wrapped it up pretty well. <laughs> so, I found some things happening in the world of cinema I would like to share. Um, one of those, the first one, I mean, is I don't really have a lot to read about. It's just that uh, uh, Vin Diesel has revealed that the fourth Riddick movie has been written. And the, uh, the, the article that I was reading made me laugh because, um, it was, it was like the, there's the, the script for, uh, Riddick for Furia has been written. Does anyone care? <laughs> I care. And I care. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, 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 I read that. Written, however, I think it's hilarious that they do not have a consistent way to spell Furia at this point. Because it's been spelled both <laughs> ways. And on the script, do you know what how, which way it's spelled? I, I believe it, it's with a Y. Okay. Because I've also seen the other way, where it's spelled with an I. And they just need to get consistent about that shit. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed um, Riddick. Not the Chronicles of Riddick, just Riddick. The Chronicles of so, Riddick Riddick? Shut up. So if 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 this is more of that, I am on board. If this is uh, more of the Chronicles of Riddick, I am not on board. Well, it's weird because uh, Riddick was more like I would say half and half. Like the first half of the movie was like a pitch black situation, and then the last half was getting was bordering more on Chronicles of Riddick. But I don't think it ever like leapt to that those horrible extremes that the Chronicles mm-hmm. Riddick did. Like Riddick kind of stayed in the bounds of like pitch black for the most part. Um, well, Riddick was just fun because it was just him like stuck on this planet with these people that were trying to kill him, and mm-hmm. he killed them back. <laughs> That's, That's the good. whole movie. And then and then he <laughs> said, "If you try to kill me, then you don't have anybody to protect you from." See, protecting you from the creatures outside. I'm no, I got a shine eye. I can see them. <laughs> you gotta keep me around. <laughs> and they're like, okay, okay, Riddick. Okay. <laughs> you might try to All kill right. us, but I guess we'll trust you. So that was, uh, that was my first bit of movie news I wanted to share. My second bit, um, I'm sure you've heard, which is that... Uh, as of right now, um, the, uh, the Marvel has announced that they have reached a understanding with Sony and they're going to make one more Spider-Man movie, which is pretty exciting because that means it won't be God awful because <laughs> Sony's yeah. not doing it. Yeah. Uh, I also found this quote by Kevin Feige, which I thought was interesting, and it said, as Sony continues to develop their own Spideyverse, you never know what surprises the future might hold. And I don't know what that means. Yeah, like, he... (laughs) And I don't know... (laughs) He almost stated that, like, oh, he has the amazing superpower of being in two shared universes at the same time. Like, could you Mm -hmm. stop, please? Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm excited though. I'm I'm glad that we're gonna get a th- a third Spider-Man movie. I'm, I I wasn't ever really worried because 
there's no way they're not going to work it out. And I mean, the the backlash to what's been going on has been so negative. Here's I mean, the crazy thing, though, is that I I want to go all conspiracy or say that this is free marketing because I'm pretty sure this is just free marketing because probably. the the thing that happened was like at the at like midway through the main run of it in theaters of Far From Home, they that's when this thing happened. Like, they said, don't, don't come to a deal. Uh, Spider-Man's no longer in the MCU. And then they, and then this news story comes out when it's, like, being heavily, like, promoted and released for VOD and the Blu-ray's coming out here soon. So, yeah. like, this, that timing's a little weird for me. Like, it's an easy yeah. way for, like, news sites to do free advertising for Marvel. Honestly, when they when they announced that the first time, I was my my first thought was bullshit. Yeah, this is just a stunt. <laughs> You'll figure it out. I'm not worried. This is this is like when Twinkies were like, we're not making anymore. So dumb. Not true. Uh, okay, and then my my last bit of news that I'm I'm very excited to share. Is that a lost uh, Martin Scorsese documentary has been discovered and is currently on YouTube? Lost. And yeah, uh, it was made in the seventies and it never got put out and was thought to have been lost to, to, ugh, to time and is now uh, on YouTube and it is called uh, Street Scenes. And here's the official synopsis. In the late spring of 1970, nationwide protests against the war in Vietnam focused in the Wall Street area of New York City and ultimately in a major anti-war demonstration in Washington, D.C. A group of New York University film students documented the demonstrations as they happened in both cities. Later in New York, the massive amount of black and white and color 16mm footage was edited into this important record of the day-by-day events. The extended final scene shot by Edward Summer in a hotel room in Washington, D.C. is a spontaneous conversation between Martin Scorsese, Harvey Keitel, Jay Cox, and Verna Bloom, who, along with a large group of NYU students, found themselves frustrated and perplexed by the events and hopeful that the protests would result in changed or in change. And then there's a comment from Scorsese about the film. He said, I edited throughout the night over a period of 10 days trying to give a formal structure to the ensemble, swearing that I would not let myself embark into a political film if I could not direct it from one end to the other. When I showed the film to the participants, they hated it. They didn't find that it was contestable enough. They felt betrayed. They didn't recognize what they had lived through. However, I believe the film was honest. I showed the sad reality, the anger, the frustration, their responsibility, the general sentiment of powerlessness. <clears throat> so, I don't know about you, but I am a huge fan of Martin Scorsese. I have a taxi driver tattoo, and I am totally going to watch this. <laughs> right on. How, how long is it? Uh, I don't know. Let's find out. Not long enough, some... right, Jason? Right. Right. So that's, that's what you could say about every Martin Scorsese film. I don't know. 
the part could have ended about 30 minutes before. <laughs> no. Yes. Uh, honestly, I think every Scorsese film is too long. <laughs> they uh, they are quite long. I might be a contrarian in that fact, though. Or in that opinion. Not fact. Uh, ooh, here we go. It's my opinion. It is 75 minutes long. Okay. And fun fact, uh, Oliver Stone was one of the camera operators. Of course he was. So... That's a thing. <laughs> Stop trying to make Oliver Stone happen. <laughs> Please. Well, that's cool. <laughs> it's good that that has not lost the time. It's good that the people who want to watch it, it's out there for them. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to watch it. I don't know if I'll like it, but I'm going to watch it. And that, uh, yeah, that, that, bit about Scorsese actually brings us into our section of trailer trash talk. <laughs> so oh, which is the dumbest thing I could have possibly named this segment. I do not care. I'm not changing it unless I come up with hey, something that's worse. You know that the thing about trash is sometimes you find stuff really good in it. <laughs> sometimes. Alright. So... The trailer, just like this trailer, uh, the trailer that we watched today, or for this week's show, was the uh, newly released trailer for The Irishman, which is Scorsese's newest film, and oh my god, if I had, I mean, I, I had a huge boner for this movie before, and now I am just erect 24-7. <laughs> constantly thinking about the Irishman. I was really scared what you were going to say, but that's fair. <laughs> I'm coming in my pants, Donnie. <laughs> Can we just say that anything Scorsese makes is just like Cialis for you or something? <laughs> yes. So, that's cool. I mean, I mean, it, it's not just the fact that he's making a movie that, that's, that's got me so excited. I mean, the, the Joe Pesci is going to be in it and he hasn't been in a Scorsese movie in a long time and De Niro's yes. in it and Pacino's in it mm -hmm. and I could go on Reunited but I'm excited again since Heat no other movie yeah. has ever brought them together since Heat no Righteous other kill. film no Jason <laughs> no film has seen Al Pacino and Robert De Niro in the same film since Heat Okay, and start. Righteous Kill Stop. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I'm really excited, and it just I don't know when you watch the trailer, it has that general feeling of like, oh yeah, getting the boys back together. Well, if it was like that, I don't think I'd be as as fascinated or or have interest in it. But it actually looks like, oh, this is just straight up. It's a Scorsese film. Like he doesn't do anything mm. half-assed. This looks like a, like uh, he's making this film, and mm -hmm. he's gonna make it to the best of his ability. And it's always something that like he never doesn't like making the films that he makes. Like he's not like uh, you know a four hire director. He is always yeah, he someone who he doesn't makes do his things films. for. He doesn't do things for the system, man. No. <laughs> yeah, he's a wacko. 
Uh, he he also. I, I'm also just excited because this is one of those movies that he's been trying to make for a long time, and the la- his last movie was Silence, which is another one of those films that he's he was yeah, trying a to make project. for. A, Yep. Yeah, he was he was working on it for a very long time, and usually those kinds of movies don't turn out the best. Uh, but I loved Silence; I thought it was just perfection. And <clears throat> people are raving about The Irishman, so I'm even more excited for for that. So, and, and you know, there's release. It is, and sadly, uh, it's. It's it's getting a very limited release. It's probably not coming here, which means I probably won't get to see it in a theater. Wow, but wow. maybe I'll get lucky and someday, uh, I don't know, the Alamo will show it. They've and then I can go see it there. They've got it. <laughs> uh, I will. I will buy a ticket. <laughs> Sir, I don't we're know not what playing else. that movie. I buy a ticket. <laughs> Give me a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> This is a uh, a drawing that you have done on a uh, <laughs> piece of paper that says one for <laughs> one for, <laughs> one for Irish the Irishman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So honor it. Show it. Show me the movie. I want the movie. Show me the movie. I want it in the theater. Pull up All Netflix right. on the projector. I'll watch it. Uh, <clears throat> and you know, just in general, speaking about the trailer, the the. I'm not a huge Ray Romano fan, but I really liked him in The Big Sick. And he's a, kind of a standout in the trailer. <laughs> um, that moment at the uh, at the end of the trailer when he's like, or when he's talking to Robert De Niro and he's like, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to defend you no matter what. Yeah, I don't care if you did it one way or the other. I just... You know, you, and you then he just. Know if I did it? He's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then he, <laughs> he just stares at him and keeps putting his hands up, and De Niro's like, "What? You want to know if I did it?" And he's like, "Well, you brought it up." It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So, that's that's got me excited. I mean, the I don't know. There's, I think there's just... I I personally think Ray Romano is like someone like. Mostly, I've known for his voice work, and not mm-hmm. not uh, everybody. Everybody, loves everybody loves Raymond. Okay, because everybody Cause hates not everybody Chris, loves right? Raymond. Okay, that's the joke. <laughs> yes, every everybody hates Chris. <laughs> but like, he's always. But been everybody, like, he's always loves been Raymond. like clueless schlub. But like, if he's playing like clueless schlub, like around murderous people, like all of a sudden it's a lot more interesting. <laughs> Because, like, I've heard good things about that Get Shorty uh, series that they did that had him in it. Okay. Um, it had Chris O'Dowd in it, too. Like, because, mm-hmm. uh, like, I want to see more Ray Romano because I honestly just think he sounds funny. And he has it. <laughs> like, he's a very, like, impressionable voice, but it's it's a good time. I think he's funny. He is. He, he Let me rephrase. He can be. He can be. He he's, can be he's... very funny. He can be very funny. Um, yeah, I don't know. I oh, the other thing that uh, there, there, I had to, re- re- I've watched that trailer about five times now, mm. and um, it it took me a few times. I don't know when I realized it, but uh, it, it took me a couple times to to realize that Harvey Keitel is in the trailer <laughs> because oh man, God. that guy is old. <laughs> 
and also so that old. that goofy fucking pencil mustache that he has mm-hmm. in the trailer. Uh, I'm also really excited for this movie because I know that a big deal about it has been that they're de-aging a lot of the actors because a lot of them are so old and wrinkly. Yeah. And... <laughs> And gross looking, gross. and um, and they so actually just resurrected Joe Pesci's corpse, and they <laughs> <laughs> they put some strings on it, and they're just moving it around. <laughs> and so, you, um, so there, so I've I've I was a little worried about that that like it was going to look a little cartoony because I was not a big fan of um the way they they tried to pull that off in. Oh, what was that? What was the Star Wars movie? Rogue One, uh, Rogue where they One tried to, with, uh, yeah, Mister uh, Peter, hmm. that guy. Yeah, the guy who's uh, most known for Grand Moff Tarkin, but yep. also is like before that was like famous for playing uh, Van Helsing, I think in like in films prior than that. But he was like a very like well known actor in that day. Like it was, and then they also did. Uh, they also did Carrie Fisher at the end, and I didn't think either of them looked. That one was horrible. Yeah, everybody else was like, "Oh, she looks so good. Everything looks amazing." And I was uh, just like, "What? Are, did you guys see a different movie than me?" Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the other thing I, I, I quickly wanted to say, just on the being able to uh, de-age actors, uh, did you ever play the video game Rise to Honor? Rise to Honor? Yeah. It was for the PlayStation 2? Yeah, it's a Jet Li um, yep. starring yeah, it, game. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, I it, did not see that. Okay, I played it, and it was that, that was like the big thing, was that like, oh, you get Jet Li's in it. The other big selling mechanism was that uh, you didn't actually have to know how to play a game. Like, you just moved the analog sticks. You moved the left analog stick to move. And you moved the right analog stick in the direction that you wanted him to attack. Mm-hmm. And that's those were the controls. Yep. And I watched a video interview with Jet Li where somebody asked him why he was doing this. And he said that, uh, you know, this is the future. Someday he's not going to be, he's going to be too old to do the kinds of movies that he likes to do. And they're going to be able to take this footage and put it into the movie. And that way he's he's still going to be able to make movies that he likes. And so on the one hand, I was like, oh, that's kind of stupid. But then on the other hand, I was like, oh, that's, you know, it's kind of sweet. <laughs> he's got a he's got a way that he's going to, you know, even if he can't work anymore, he wants to be able to keep working. <laughs> And, I mean, you know, people like him who do a lot more physical stuff, you know, it's this is a a bigger deal for for people like him than, you know, De Niro and Pacino who are just, they always kind of look like old grumpy gangsters. (laughs) Old grumpy white dudes. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's less of a, a big deal for that, but I just thought that was interesting. So I have shared that and now I'm done talking about it. Right on. I will say that I remember, like, oh, oh, so Scorsese and Harry Keitel are finally working together, and then I realized, oh no, Harry Keitel is in Taxi Driver, and he's probably mm-hmm. been in plenty of other films. And I was like, wait a second, <laughs> these two films could have been released like one year apart from each other, and I would have thought Harvey Keitel was just 
He's just... He doesn't age. He's always been that old. <laughs> Truth. Oh, I'm I'm so excited. I I it love does, Harvey Keitel. It, it looks He's good. So great. I will say, as someone who doesn't like fervently like watch Scorsese films, I'm excited for it. We have spent like 20 minutes talking about this trailer. <laughs> yeah, we sprung this, this on you. It's this actually is... it's actually a podcast about the Irishman trailer, not yeah, about this is, Bone Tomahawk. This, this isn't even going to be a Bone Tomahawk. Uh. uh, uh episode i'm gonna label this the irishman trailer honestly there's not a whole bunch to talk about bone, bone tomahawk <laughs> all right so to kick off our discussion with bone tomahawk because we should probably stop talking about uh this trailer so the i would like riley uh was not able to make it tonight riley uh mick irish something was not able to make it tonight, and <laughs> she uh, did send me her review of the film. So I'm going to read that real quick. Um, and what she said was, I did like it, even though it was pretty gory. The story is compelling with interesting characters and an intense amount of blood in the confrontation. <clears throat> so those were Riley's thoughts mm-hmm. on the film. The... The one fun thing I, I, I kind of wanted to do. Um, do you have any idea what the budget was for this movie? Low. Let me <laughs> guess. It guess. was like uh, 20 grand. 20 grand? No, uh, it was 1.8 million. Okay, that's still pretty low for a, for a movie. And it was... It got a limited release... And then it was screened at a bunch of film festivals. Uh, any guess as to what it made at the box office? Uh, let's say it made uh, it made half of what its budget was. So nine hundred thousand. Okay, nine hundred thousand. Um, That's how much it made. Uh, no, it, it it made yeah, it was under a million, but it made four hundred and eighty one thousand. So about yeah, so yeah, so about half of half of what it made. <laughs> Yikes! Whoops. Uh, so I this 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 movie it seems like one that is destined to have a strong cult following, though. Yes, and and I feel like. It must have found a second life on uh, on DVD and, and VOD. Mm-hmm. This this was one that I remember <clears throat> friend of the show, Josh Smith, showed me the trailer for, and he was super excited for it. And I watched it, and I was like, I, I have no interest in seeing this movie. <laughs> and then it came, <laughs> and then it came out, and there was all that you know, it got all this hype from the uh, from the fest- film festivals it played at. And I was like, all right, I, I, I guess I'll check it out. <laughs> I suppose I can be wrong from time to time. Mm. And then I watched it, and I really, really liked it. Okay. So for those of you who have not seen Bone Tomahawk, uh, Caitlin's description of the plot was pretty spot on. It is a simple film. Um, and the reason that we picked to do this is uh, because Sid Haig has a very small role in it, and uh, unfortunately he passed away um, not too long ago. So uh, we thought we would we would do this. Um, 
as kind of a, a, a small tribute to, to him. Instead of doing, uh, you know, one of the movies that he's actually known for. <laughs> yes, which was, which was going to be The Devil's Rejects if we had done that. Um, yeah. But also, uh, I think it's, it's more than Sid Haig that like, really connect those films, because I feel like there's a lot in common with, like, a Rob Zombie horror film. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. uh, uh, S. Craig, uh, what was his last name? Zoller. Zoller. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, him and Rob Zombie, like, play in a very, like, similar space. But I think, you know, Zoller probably does it a little bit better. He has a little bit more restraint about what he's doing. Uh, Rob Zombie just kind of, like, if he if he can do it, he does it. It doesn't matter if there's, like, quality or, like, what's going to happen. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. it works, like Devil's Rejects, and sometimes it really doesn't work. Like most I, of I, I would films. argue. I was gonna say I would argue that most of the time it doesn't really work. Um, right. How, like, however, yeah, I, I also will admit that I know that his films have a very strong fan following, and I it, they're just not for me, and that's all right. That's all. Well, that's good that you know that. I'm just, yeah, no, I, I, I know that there's a lot of people that really like House of a Thousand Corpses, and mm. um, hopefully, there's nobody that actually enjoys uh, the haunting adventures of El Superbisto. But I'm, there's got to be somebody. I've watched it once. I don't remember a single thing except cartoon boobs. I have tried so many times to watch that movie, and I have not made it through more than I don't know two minutes. Well, it's just so childish. And it's bad. Like, it's childish and bad. Correct. You started to say the word bad. I could I, I could hear it on the tip of your bad. tongue. Childish. It's bad. But childish. Uh, no, it's bad. Okay. <laughs> I will say that I think... Because you said you haven't watched House of Without the Corpses, right? Uh, I've seen bits and pieces of it. I have no interest in sitting down and watching it from what I've seen. So you just watch like the opening bit with Sid Haig and that's it? like the best part of the movie (laughs) yeah which uh is not the case with this movie the opening bit with sid haig is not the best part of the movie it gets better from there no and the i mean the opening bit is is pretty fun and you do get that that fun or i don't know fun fun's probably not the right (laughs) word to be using but you do so it it opens with Sid Haig and David Arquette, and it literally opens. Um, one of the things that I love about uh, S. Craig Zoller is that he has the most brutal film names or film titles like ever, because um, he started with Bone Tomahawk, and then his second film was Brawl in Cell Block ninety nine, and then his third film, which I talked about on the podcast. Uh, was and it came out this year was dragged across concrete so <laughs> i wonder if his next movie is just going to be called like murder, <laughs> murder. <laughs> killing people violently <laughs> um <clears throat> but yeah no this this was his first movie and so it opens with uh those two and it literally opens on david arquette cutting a guy's throat and and when i say that i mean like that's all you see is the is the guy wake up david arquette's hand goes and covers his mouth and his nose and then his his knife starts digging into the guy's throat (laughs) 
and that's all you can see. <laughs> yep. And so it opens with that, and uh, then Sid Haig's character uh, gets murdered by someone that you can't quite see. David Arquette knocks over what looks like uh, something in like a, a haunted graveyard, um, and then he runs off. Uh, they he's followed by uh, I don't know the Trogies. That's what we want to mm-hmm. call them, the Trogs. And but we don't know that. Um, you don't really know what's following them. You can't see. You just it's whatever it is. You, it's scary. <laughs> and <clears throat> he is followed to a town where Kurt Russell is sheriff. Um, and they hold him overnight, and then he gets kidnapped along with, uh, I believe Nick is a deputy. And then... Chicory is the backup deputy. Yep. And then also, uh, they kidnap... Is there, is it Samantha O'Dwyer? I don't know. Mrs. O'Dwyer. Yes. Yeah. They, they kidnap Mrs. O'Dwyer, uh, Patrick Wilson's wife, and kill a uh, young black man and steal a bunch of horses. And the guy is way more upset about uh, his horses being taken than anything else uh-huh. and after that it's a majority of the movie is just um kurt russell matthew fox richard jenkins and patrick wilson uh walking to where the troglodytes live uh-huh. <laughs> and then it's a road movie surprise <laughs> yeah it's a road trip movie um and then once they get there uh some of them most of them die and they kill all the troglodytes and then they leave. <laughs> yes, um, well let's say uh spoilers is that that the film ends when the last troglodyte dies pretty much. Cuz like yep. it's like literally seconds after the last I mean, gunshot. Per, yeah, I was going to say presumably, presumably after the um because you don't actually get to see it, which is, True. which is fine. Uh, this movie's got lots of violence in it, so I don't know where you want to start. I know that uh, Caitlin brought up a lot of stuff. Um, one of the things that I do want to mention, I am not like a huge fan of Lost <laughs> at all. Okay. I I really don't like that show, and I am. I'm one of the people who is still upset over how it ended, okay. <laughs> and I think that I think that might be why I don't like it. Um, either that, or the fact that like it's it's still got people defending it, and like, oh, it's just you don't get it. Well, no, I get it. It's just fucking stupid. <laughs> See, here's um, your problem with that, Jason, is that you watched the entire series before you watched the finale. I I was just like, ooh, the finale of Lost, a series I've never seen, is on tonight. I'll watch it. <laughs> and and I was just like, this seems okay. And then I went back and started watching the series from the beginning. So, like, yeah, if you watch everything up to that point, up to the finale, I totally understand why you think that's piece garbage finale. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that's 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 uh, get, getting away from the point. The point here is Matthew Fox. Yes, Matthew Fox, who I did not particularly care for in Lost, is in this movie. I did not realize that that was Matthew Fox. That's what um, I hear a lot 
when when I hear people talk about this movie. Yeah, for for a very long time, the first time I watched this movie, I did not realize that that was Matthew Fox. Um, I don't even think I I think it was just because uh, Caitlin walked by the screen and was like, "Who's that?" <laughs> and I was like, "I don't know." I don't know. <laughs> Let dude. me find out. <laughs> and then I looked and I was like, oh my god, that's Matthew Fox. <laughs> and he is like a cold-blooded killer, but on in the good in the best ways. <laughs> I don't know about um, that, but yes. <laughs> he's he's a good guy. And I I feel like he's he's meant his character. Um, which I believe his character's name is like Gruder. Is that right? Bruder. Bruder. I was close. Um, yeah, Bruder, <laughs> uh, is, I feel like meant to represent the idea of like the lone gunman who, you know, he's got no friends, but he's a fucking badass. Um, and in this movie, um, I feel like they they do that uh that cliche but they do it in a way where you realize that like oh he's a fucking piece of shit <laughs> yeah like like i really like i like matthew fox a lot in this movie but his character is fucking terrible yep so yeah i don't know if you had anything you wanted to say about matthew fox but those were my uh, <laughs> or the I, or the I like how Matthew Fox is a good actor in which he is, like, still, like, really stilted in the way that he delivers dialogue, but, like, Mm -hmm. it's in the most appropriate way and works the best with the script that's given here and the Mm -hmm. direction that I think is given, because, like, all the dialogue in this movie is very, like, like, it's a weird way to describe it, but I almost want to say forward-leaning. Like, it's all very stage play (laughs) Like, everyone's trying to trip on each other's lines. It's very um, on-the-nose dialogue, Mm -hmm. and I I would say it it almost... It's it's almost like Deadwood in that way. Well, yeah, I I was going to say it almost has, like, a a Christopher Nolan-type feel to it. Sure. Um, If if Christopher Nolan's movies were all about nihilism. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I suppose you haven't so, made one completely about nihilism yet. No, and in, in all of I, I don't know that if I don't think you've seen uh, Brawl and Cell Block ninety nine or Dragged Across Concrete. I have not. But uh those movies just get further and further down the nihilistic rabbit hole. Yay <laughs> So uh but yeah, no, I, I, I really that 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 exchange where there's a part where um these two, I think they're meant to be Mexican gentlemen, mm-hmm. um, happen upon their campsite and they f- start out talking to them and then Matthew Fox just straight up shoots them. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, arguing. And, and he's got like an argument that, you know, they're, they're just there to try to kill and take the kill them and take their stuff yeah well and, he was saying they were like oh these are scouts for a raiding party yep like yeah and and instead of uh and what's great is that when kurt russell who's the sheriff <clears throat> is like you fucking asshole uh instead of giving like a passionate speech about how he's right matthew fox just says if you want to question what i'm doing 
do it later. <laughs> um, which I thought was a really great line. Um, I think the actual line is, if you wish to question my morals and methods, uh, do it at another time. It's something like that. And I thought that was a really great... Really great exchange between the two of them. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> as for the rest of the cast, I mean, I, I think everybody here is doing a great job. Um, especially a, another one that I... Th- and this whole cast, it just feels like it's made up of names that were drawn out of a hat. <laughs> um, I suppose. <laughs> I see Richard Jenkins here. Yeah, and he is great in this. Like, and I think, what, this was a couple of years before The Shape of Water, which was, like, his last big movie, I think? Uh, probably. Well, Shape of Water, well, Shape of Water's after this. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like, yep, this, yep, this, this was a couple of years before The Shape of Water. Yeah, he's really, he's really only in, like, smaller things. He doesn't have, like, too much of a, pre- like, 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 The Shape of Water was the last big thing he did. Yeah, and and he was great in that, and he was great in this, and I thought it was interesting because I, I you know, there's there's a lot of, um, like Oliver Platt is a is a character actor that I really enjoy, mm-hmm. um, but he always plays the same character, and he's usually just in, uh, smaller things, which is fine. I think he's great at playing the character that he plays, uh-huh. and I love when he shows up and stuff. Because oh, I think he's... you haven't seen Ready to Rumble, Jason. <laughs> Why well, is he not great in that? <laughs> uh, well, he's like a, a very prominent role in that film. I think he's still good at it, but it's just like, yeah, he's better in a in a side role. <laughs> he he's also a uh, a character in uh, Lake Placid, where he constantly mm-hmm. uh, makes fun of Brendan Gleeson for being fat, which is really funny because. I mean, Oliver Platt is not a skinny dude. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. Anyway, before I uh, get off on on a great a tangent about how great Oliver Platt is, um, what I meant to say is that uh, I I usually get the same impression from Richard Jenkins that he's like really good at playing one character in a smaller role, uh-huh. and I felt like this was breaking the mold a little bit for him. And a lot of the like the speech that he gives about the about the flea circus and about his wife, um, that was really fun to watch. And a lot of the uh, it is <laughs> when it seemed like every time something horrible and violent would happen, um, instead of just saying I think blah blah blah, he would say it is the opinion of the backup deputy. <laughs> that uh this is not good or something like that mm-hmm. <laughs> which was pretty fun uh so what did you think of the because the the reveal of the troglodytes and what they are and kind of what they look like and what they're doing doesn't cu- this is i believe a two hour long movie yeah two uh two hours and 12 minutes um, and they aren't really clearly shown until about the last half hour. And so I was just curious what you thought of the of the reveal. I'm going to be honest, first time I watched this movie, I was expecting aliens. 
Okay. <laughs> I thought I thought we were gonna find out it was just like a bunch of predator knockoffs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I just knew I didn't think it was going to be anything that crazy, just because um, the descriptions of the movies of the movie mm-hmm. when uh, like I saw it on like because I watched this on Prime Video and it said like when when like cannibals like cannibalistic savages uh, kidnap. Uh, townsfolk, you know, like, I was just like, oh, they're just like, you know, it's almost like the descent creatures, like, they're just, there's these, there's these people who just, like, got, um, who, like, live in caves and just, like, completely, um, separated from normal society and, like, have their own ways of doing things and don't know how to do anything outside of that, and, um... Uh, yeah, I I didn't expect anything too crazy, um, but it was hard to say until with the noise they made. Hard to mm-hmm. say. Yeah, and uh, for anybody who hasn't seen the movie, um, they don't communicate with words. What they do is they jam. I don't know, like whistles or pieces of jewelry or whatever. Well, it's like animal bone. Their, yeah. They jam them into their neck, and they just, like, blow through that. Mm-hmm. And the noise that it makes is haunting. <laughs> and it's also responsible for a couple of great lines of dialogue where um, I think Richard Jenkins is like, did you guys hear that? And Kurt Russell's like, it's the wind. And he's like, well, if it's the wind, it learned how to play a flute. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which was a pretty great exchange. Um. But yeah, no, and and I thought that was I thought that was really interesting, because um, that's I don't know about you, but that, I feel like that's something I haven't really seen before. <laughs> yeah, and and that made it fun to watch, and the kind of the last big thing that I want to talk about in in regards to this movie is the. Uh, you know, the violence. <laughs> the violence. The violence. This movie is violent as fuck, if you uh, did not pick up on that from uh, Caitlin's description of it. I mean, this film is so goddamn violent. <laughs> um, I, I, would, I would say so too, but I think my expectations were way too high on that spectrum. Yeah, because I still thought this was pretty tame, and there's actually not so much violence. Like, there's, I mean, there's a there's a long span of time when there is no action happening, or like there's no violence happening. Um, but then, you know, obviously the end of the movie kind of makes up for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like definitely, definitely the the wishbone scene. That one. Um, <laughs> That one, that one is uh, one that made me kind of like the way the the way it so plainly did that. Like, there's like almost no score to it. Like, he's just just a dude getting cut in half from. I mean, a lot of the action sequences don't have scores. It's just like fucked up shit happening. Mm -hmm. Um, The perfect score. yeah, for me, when the uh, I think one of the harder things to watch is when 
Um, by the way, that is a uh, that is a method that is carried over into uh, his other two films, and one of the things that I love, we should do a show on Brawl and Cell Block 99 sometime, but one of the things that I loved about Brawl and Cell Block 99, and one of the things that I love about this, is that there's not a lot of, in the action sequences, that at first they feel um, uneventful, and I think that's just because we're so trained to expect lots of crazy editing and like zooming in and zooming out and stuff like that when they do um, action sequences and especially during gunfights and they don't do that here mm. and I I think I don't think it takes away from the dramatic weight at all I think it uh, adds to it and it adds to the tension um, because when there is violence, although it's not as, um, I don't know, built up maybe is the right word. When it does happen, it is, it is tough to watch. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I, I really, really like this movie. I'm, I really, really enjoyed it. I'm glad that we, I'm glad that we watched it. Um, and R.I.P. Sid Haig. Yeah, it was, uh, it's between this podcast and the last podcast that that happened. Well, like, between us recording the last podcast and posting it is when that happened. So, mm-hmm. that was, that was unfortunate to hear, but he, I don't know, he, I think he did everything that he wanted to do. I can't say personally, mm-hmm. but, like, film-wise, like, like, there's plenty of stuff you can still enjoy him in, and that's, I think, mm-hmm. probably the best thing of all is that, you know, you can still watch those movies you can still, you know, enjoy his presence, even though he's passed along. Yeah, no, and he's uh, he's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's he's one of those people, a lot like uh, like Michael Parks, who just was in everything. Mm-hmm. And um, whenever he's on screen, he is just fun to watch. I still think it's hilarious that like Quentin Tarantino has had him in two of his films, I believe. Um, I know he was definitely the judge in Jackie Brown, which is like, yep. like, just like such a like mundane film to put him in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was, uh, and then he was the bartender in, uh, the second Kill Bill, uh, the second part of Kill Bill. And yeah, the guy at the strip club. Mm-hmm. And so, which is funny. He's in, uh, um, He's in uh, Jackie Brown because him and Pam Greer like are used to being in like exploitation films back in the seventies and stuff like that. So if yeah, he really... was in uh, he was in Foxy Brown. Yeah, Foxy Brown. So if you if you really want to dig into uh, good old fashioned vintage Sid Haig, there's plenty to dig into. So my uh, my my one question for you. Um is was was there anything in this movie that that didn't really work for you or that you didn't particularly enjoy i really did not i think they could have worked a little bit um more with the audio of their shrieking because it really was like they hit a button on a sound effect (laughs) like it didn't yeah that's true in it um and and, and it all kind of felt like it was car like it was just copied yeah um, so in that sense, yes, I wish they would have made maybe made a little bit more practical 
um, yeah. shrieking. Um, besides that, I would say that um, the the dialogue it almost almost takes a little bit to get used to because like mm-hmm. there is some good dialogue in here, but it, it does like it's. I think it's an acquired taste. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are used to. Uh, like more evenly paced or like almost like you're used to like really dull dialogue in most films and this one it's like always kind of keeps you on your toes i was very uh i'm very glad that i watched this with subtitles on because there's a lot of stuff that like little details in the dialogue that i would not have noticed um Mm -hmm. so but that's just kind of how i live my life now is always captions on all the time (laughs) So, Nothing um, wrong with that. No. Uh, and, and this is a movie where everyone speaks in uh, in paragraphs. Yeah. He's definitely which, a which writer. is fine. I I, I have no problem, and he is. I mean, that's that's where he started with writing uh, writing novels. It's like and I have no problem with that. Him, I his the novelist in him is like hasn't escaped him making movies. It's like, it's funny because it's at the same time though like. This and and I mean his other two films are both very quippy, but they're not like line to line quips. They're paragraph to paragraph quips. <laughs> um, and yeah, no, I I really I really 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 like this movie. I don't know if you had anything else that you were you were gonna add to your to your thoughts just then. I would say um, it's funny. I guess it would depend on the the company of uh, people that you that you spend time with. But like, it's not it's not really. I honestly find more enjoyment watching this by myself instead of like because like, I don't necessarily get the um, get enjoyment from other pe- people being shocked and stuff like that from a movie. Every once in a while, mm-hmm. it's fun, but like. If I'm watching a movie like this, then like I'm kind of expecting myself to be shocked by what I'm watching, because that obviously is more effective than the other thing. Um, yeah. And it it did shock me, um, so <laughs> that it definitely did it there. But like, like it's definitely not a movie I would throw on um, with company. Like it's <laughs> kind of hard to follow that I, way. And I feel like this is a movie that you, if you were going to show to 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 company you would have to like that's why they would come over is to is to watch this film mm-hmm. it, it's it like a very like there's a reason why <laughs> this went through festivals because it's like a festival yeah. movie it's not like we're gonna we're, like my next birthday party i'm gonna have a bunch of people over and then just casually be like hey guys i got this copy of bone tomahawk here what's that movie sounds dumb <laughs> what do you say we uh double feature this shit with uh brawl and cell block 99 mm-hmm and we'll all feel terrible. <laughs> um, Yikes! My 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 only other question for you. I feel like I've been pretty pretty blunt that uh, uh, Bruder is probably my favorite character in this film, um, or at least the most interesting to me. Did you have a, a favorite character or a, or a performance that that stuck out to you the most? I guess I would. I would probably say, yeah, him. Just because, like, he's able to ride the line of being, like, this horrible person who also has, like, very justifiable reasons why he is so bigoted. 
against uh, Indians um, <laughs> because he lost. Well, is it his mother and his it's sisters? His, yep, his mother and his sister. Okay. When he was ten years old. Right, and so, and then that's like has stunted him his entire life because, as he tells the other three men that he's on the road trip with, he's like, "Well, I'm the only smart man here," and they're just like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> Be like, "Well, you're married, you're like yeah. you're both married, <laughs> you're a, a great widower. exchange," and he's just like, "What does that have anything to do with it?" And he's just like, "Smart man don't get married," <laughs> and it's yeah, and then and then Richard Jenkins is like, "You would if you could." <laughs> Or something like that. It's so funny. Yeah, like it's also it's it's hilarious. Richard Jenkins being like, like the most petty performance he's ever given, which is, mm-hmm. or like just how it's written because like he's like he almost seems like a petty person, like in most of the movies or roles that he has. But this one's like yeah. specifically written for that fact in mind because he's always like trying to like passive aggressively like like uh try to try to 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 spite someone especially uh brooder because they just do not get along at all um but uh yeah as much as brooder is like um is like is your favorite i would say richard jenkins is just like i don't know the one that's like he's just an old man he's just trying to get by and he's he just kind (laughs) of says what he wants and but he also is like very like He's very loyal to um, to uh, uh, Franklin Hunt. Yeah, sure, Franklin Hunt. Um, And I don't know. It's just like it's it's ways that I haven't uh, seen characters interact before, and I think that was maybe the most exciting thing about this film that I enjoyed was how the characters interact with each other because it's it's not typical interactions that you see in a movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and I, I was also going to say that if if you watched, if you were a fan of uh, Kurt Russell and the Hateful Eight, and you were just like, man, I want to see more of a of of that. Um, it's like the, I mean, it's it, like the same year. Yeah, <laughs> and and he's playing a very very similar character, and he's got the same mustache. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I think his um, performance is that is just like times ten though. In which one? He's he's like he's like the cartoon version of the character that he is in um, Bone Tomahawk, which is funny. <laughs> oh, like he's, in uh... he's he's more of a character that in like in in the Hateful Eight. Yeah, like he's, he is. He's, he's crazier. He's, he's more exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I I would recommend people check this out. I would just say that uh. You know, if you're if you don't have a strong stomach for violence, then maybe don't watch it. Well, also, some of the violence is is telegraphed. The most horrific scenes are telegraphed, um, <laughs> including the wishbone scene. So, if you want to yeah. watch it and don't want to see the horrible violence, you could probably turn away. But I don't know. I think you probably should just skip the movie altogether. Same. If you can't stand it, I uh, I, I was also gonna say I feel like for me the most horrific thing in the film is not the the wishbone scene. It's it's the realization that their women have their arms and legs cut off and sticks stabbed in their eyes. 
And they're just kept there for baby factories. And then once they stop putting out babies, they get eaten. It's gross. It's pretty rough. That's disturbing. It is. So, uh, let's end on something a little bit lighter and play another round of the review game. Yay. (laughs) All right. So, uh, for those of you who have not listened to the show before, I am going to read a series of reviews. And uh, these are all reviews for uh, films, user reviews uh, for films that are out right now. Um, They are pulled from various places and Donnie's gonna guess what movie they're for (laughs) okay so here we go uh first movie um this is from Denise gave it four and a half stars and said loved it even our autism child stayed interested the whole time (laughs) which I thought was an interesting thing to point out and an interesting way to word that uh patricia gave it four stars and said we liked it a lot you don't you didn't push any propaganda except buddha and then then finally man we got to start streaming this part of the show because your facial reactions are just they're a thing of beauty donnie these are bad uh and then Christopher C gave the also gave the film four stars and said I really liked it better than Toy Story four. The theater left the lights on during the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which is four stars. Not a commentary. Not a commentary on the film, but a commentary on the theater. That, that should go in the theater. Yelp review. Yeah. <laughs> left anyway, the lights uh, on, man. During the entire movie, that's the uh, worst but yeah. thing in the world. You gotta, you gotta guess. I'm gonna say it's abominable or abominable. You are correct, sir. Because people can't stop comparing animated films to animated films. So Toy Story Four kind of <laughs> all right kinda nailed it. Uh, this one, uh, this one was also this one's also got some fun. You know, you know what I'm. I'm going to skip. I'm going to save the... uh, I'm going to switch these around. All right. Uh, Maria T. gave this film five stars and said, I disliked the final to sad. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) R.H. gave this film three stars and said, Eh, a movie crafted for a message. And then Deborah N. gave this film one star and said, Didn't like it. Not much to it, actually. Needed more substance. Got any guesses? Um, Rambo, Last Blood. Nope, Judy. Judy? Okay. <laughs> Would never have gotten that in a million years. I know. I just those those review. That's that's the reason I picked it. Not because you would never get it from the reviews, but just because it would never get those it. Re- those reviews are fucking weird, man. All right. Uh, and then on to the last film. So, Ramble, Last Blood. <laughs> nope. Donald J. gave this film three stars and said, I fell asleep and slept through half of it. The half I saw was good. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Uh, Susie also gave this film three stars and said the settings were beautiful, but in many scenes it felt like you were watching a 21st century movie in a 20th century setting. Did not come across as historically accurate. And then we're going to go out on, this might be my new favorite review um, after Y'all Motherfuckers Need Jesus, um, which was a review for the uh, Hail Satan documentary. This might be my new favorite review, though. Star K gave this film two and a half stars and said, I didn't get the movie. Why? (laughs) Um. Short, sweet, and to the point. I'm going to say, because I know, because I, I saw that it was coming out, I think it's out, is um, the Downton Abbey movie? You got it. Nice. Two out of three ain't bad. Meat I loaf. would have never gotten Judy. You can't I count know. that. No. <laughs> Judy. Judy. Part, I, <laughs> of course. Anybody who likes Downton Abbey is okay with sleeping through half of an episode of Downton Abbey. <laughs> uh, yeah, those were uh, those were some good reviews. I didn't have to go that far through the uh, through the rabbit hole to find those. Um, Yikes. I got really lucky. Uh-huh. So, yay! All right. <laughs> All right, let's do um, some plugs. Uh, I have a Twitter account where I post shit about shit. Um, almost entirely about pop culture things. I like it when people argue with me. Um, and then my Twitter handle, I think, is Jason Review Stuff. Or no, Jason Rank Stuff. Jason Rank Stuff, I think right? we got that figured out last. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. And you can't so, be bothered to look it up, Jason. Nope. Nope. I'm too. I'm too busy. So yeah, uh, check that out. I also uh, encourage you to follow us on Facebook, uh, which is the social media account for the show that I run. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter, uh, Donnie runs that, and uh, uh-huh. Caitlin runs the uh, Instagram. Um, I would also highly recommend. Uh, Charlie Parr released a new album this week that's really good. So if you get the chance, uh, I've been listening to that. That's pretty good. And then uh, a band I really like called Girl Band released a new album this week. And I've also uh, been really digging that. Um, I've also been rewatching Arrested Development. Um, and, and when I say rewatching Arrested Development, I mean just the first three seasons because fuck the rest of it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I. I, I swear that that might be the funniest show that I have ever seen. It it still makes me laugh just as hard as when I first watched it, if not harder. And I still catch new things every time I watch it. I um, I, I I have something to add there is that like uh, Arrest Development is not always in my mind, but every mm-hmm. once in a while, out of the blue, and this is no pun, is I remember because Arrest Development is uh, notorious for doing next on rest development and they show yep. scenes that are not actually in the next episode <laughs> nope um, and then they flash back to them in the next episode yeah it's like you're always missing like an episode um <laughs> and i always remember that one because it was the funniest thing in the whole world is there was uh julie dreyfus i think plays a mm-hmm. blind lawyer and there's a scene where uh tobias is like 
sneaking around her in a kitchen to like yep. to like get something or like evade her and uh he like sneaks around her in the funniest most like non-essential <laughs> oh, way and then he like gets all the way through the kitchen and then Julie Dreyfus's character just picks up a bat and walks into the next room <laughs> presumably yeah, to and, beat uh, the shit out of him and and the narrator says um oh and uh she isn't blind <laughs> Oh yeah, Mr. Ron Howard himself. Yep, and that's that's what's uh, that's that's the narration to to that scene of her carrying the bat. The other thing that I wanted to uh, give a shout out to, I, I was really debating uh, which of these was going to be my, the best thing I saw this week, um, but I I went with the Magnificent Ambersons just because I I don't know I I've got such a, a soft spot for Orson Welles. Plus, I'd never seen it before. Um, but the t- there's two other movies that I watched this week that I really, really liked. One of them is, uh, I, I believe it was made in 1962, and it is the film Branded to Kill, which um, I had not seen before, and I really, really liked, and it was not at all what I was expecting. Mm. Um, but it is a highly influential film, um, including uh, Takeshi Kitano has listed it as a, a film that um, has influenced him in a big way and uh, he actually apparently he pays homage to it in his film Getting Any um, <laughs> which might be my least favorite of his movies but I still really really like it so uh, but yeah Branded to Kill was really good really fun film to watch and just bananas crazy the other film that i watched that i absolutely loved and that i hope we do an episode on sometime um was a history of violence um and oh my god that movie is just fucking perfect every time i watch it i'm just blown away by just how chef's good kiss. it is yep and I, that that is the uh, that is the film that Viggo mortensen has has said is is he considers it to be the best film that he's ever been in um, or the or the the most perfect movie that he's ever been in. Something the most like that. perfect. So yeah, that that th- those are the things that I would encourage people to check out. If, especially if you haven't seen uh, Arrested Development, you should really get on that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Just the first three seasons. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't make anything past that point. So um, Donnie, what do you got? Uh, what I have is going to be ver- fairly brief. What I'll say is that I continue to watch Top Chef. If you like watching cooking competition shows, that's it's up your alley. If you don't, then it's not up your alley. It's a pretty simple recommendation there. Um, however, I will say uh, we we love our horror anthologies here on the Outer Frame Podcast, and so and I just uh, watched a majority of each one of these films. I watched a majority of both the ABCs of Death, which is. It's like, it's it's probably if you if you don't like anthologies, like just because there's only three stories and it's like an hour and a half movie, and you're like Jesus Christ, I need to like set through a half hour of this horrible like story to get to the next <laughs> one. Watch the ABCs yeah. of Death because there is 26 of them, and the film is not actually that long. So no. you will get you will and get to something interesting if you wait like literally a couple minutes. I I. I've seen I've not seen the first one but I've seen the second one and I really enjoyed it because anything that I didn't like I just hit the skip button and I would I was pretty much guaranteed to like the next one. Mhm. 
I think I think it's maybe like the most successful um, like horror anthology like robot chicken style to use that accursed name yeah. um, to like attention <laughs> deficit disorder like if you're just like not into something just you li- it's like five minutes it's just yeah, like hang out or, or hit the skip button because I'm sure it's on the chapters if you have a blu-ray or DVD um, mm-hmm. however on the other side of that I would say also check out the VHS movies because they might vary in quality but also I I, it, it kind of like doesn't really matter because like I think most of the stuff that they do in the VHS movies is just really interesting uh, mostly because like I just like that aesthetic and, and like found footage film so I'm kind of a sucker for that but also mm-hmm. it's just like like they're just they're just fun to watch the first time like there is in the third VHS movie there is a story of like some skaters who go to like a place they cross the border or something and they like accidentally resurrect like some ghosts or like some demons that they like fight as they skateboard around it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the dumbest thing but like it's not not interesting and also mm-hmm. i believe it's the second vhs uh there is a segment directed by um the the director of both the raid movies um and so he Ooh. he does yeah he does a uh, um uh, a fairly interesting one about a cult and like a documentary crew that tr- tries to get into a cult to figure out what's going on. And they, it doesn't, it doesn't end the way they expect it to. Um, and so I would recommend that as if you, if you see them on and I think they're streaming most of the time is that it's it, it, like I said, like bone Tomahawk is not a movie. You just like, like hit play on like at a party like the VHS or ABCs of Death, definitely a movie that you would plop on when a movie is like, or like when a party is getting dull, and somebody just mm-hmm. wants to sit down and watch the movie. It yeah, catches no, the eye. Those, but that's those, those are, are some... those are my recommendations for 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 this week. I was just gonna say the other thing. You know, you you mentioned the uh, the the it, is it Gareth. Evans? It's uh, or yeah, because it Gareth Edwards is uh, the Godzilla dude. Yeah, one of them is not that great of a filmmaker, and one of them is a pretty good, decent filmmaker. I know. Don't mix them up. <laughs> um, but you'll know. Just just see who the raid director is, and well, you got it. No, what I what I was gonna say was just that like uh, one of the advantages to watching these types of movies is that. Um, like the the only one of them that you listed that I've seen is is the ABCs of Death Two, and I mean like it, it opens with a uh, with El Katz who did Cheap Thrills, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, and there's a bunch of other people that or a bunch of other filmmakers that do, you know, short little films. Um, and so it's just fun because it's you know you you get to see a, a short film for you or you might get to see a short film from. Uh, director that you really like mm-hmm. um so yeah uh all right well if that's all you've got to say about that i would like to thank pralix for doing our art he is supposed to be drawing up a picture of tim curry playing ursula in the new 
Little Mermaid movie, which is not a thing that's happening, but he wants it to be happening, and so I've been encouraging him to uh, draw a picture of it. So, okay, uh, we might be posting that soon. Um, and then I would like to thank Doctor Tub Thumper for uh, doing the music for our show. He has supposedly not done any other musical projects outside of doing the theme for our show but if you can find any other music by him we highly encourage you to share it with us uh and then finally thank you to caitlin industries which is currently me for editing the show (laughs) um and finally uh thank you so much to you the listeners um for checking out our show we hope that you have enjoyed it uh and to quote Kingsman, hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye.